This Claves Online exclusive podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's Bonaire, powered by Ameren, Illinois. Hi, this is Mike Claiborne, and thanks for listening to ClavesOnline.com. And before we go any further, I'd like for you to take a listen to one of my friends from Ameren, Illinois. He's their vice president of gas operations, Eric Kozak. <laughs> That's right, I said gas operations because they're more than just an electric company. When you think about electricity and natural gas, how many natural gas customers do you have in the state? 816,000 gas customers in the state of Illinois that we serve. That's so. a big number. It is. It's a it's a big number and big responsibility. You know, we don't take that lightly, and uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a privilege to serve the customers in the state of Illinois. And our and me and my coworkers, you know, we take that very seriously. So if you think about the state of Illinois, anything but pretty much Chicago and the Chicago suburbs is served by Ameren, Illinois. And so our service territory is actually uh, 44,000 square miles. It's bigger than the state of Indiana. That's a lot of coverage. And so when you think about coverage and we think about sources of energy, most people think of Ameren, Illinois for electricity. But natural gas is a major player in what you do. Yes, it is, uh, Mike. You know, natural gas, we, you know, like you said, Ameren, a lot of people think electricity. But Ameren, Illinois is made up of three companies that all had natural gas before, and those combined companies are a top 25 gas utility in the nation. We have over 18,000 miles of pipeline throughout the state, 12 uh, storage fields, and uh, 1,250 miles of transmission lines that serve our customers. That, that's a lot of property and a lot of coverage. So give me some of the uses for natural gas and some of the things it's being used for other than maybe being on a gas grill. Yeah, so I, you know, the easiest way for me to describe that is, uh, you know, I built a house about 10, 12 years ago. So I have a gas furnace, I have a, it heats my home obviously, I have a gas water heater, I have a natural gas dryer, I have a gas stove for cooking my food and oven. I also have a gas uh, fireplace which also serves as a little furnace for my living room. And I have a gas grill, as you mentioned, for cooking my food. So I got six appliances in my house that run on natural gas. So you're covered with gas, or in this case, cooking with gas. Yeah, I'm you're cooking with gas. gas, right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the podcast with Frank Cusimano. I'm Mike Claiborne. And Frank, uh, so many things going on in our world today. So one of the things I want to ask you is what's keeping you busy other than work? It was kind of cool this weekend because my daughter was in and we did a little binge watching. We watched the Fargo series with Billy Bob Thornton season one and it was insanely good I don't know if anybody with the exception of J.R. Ewing has played you know a more diabolical character than Billy Bob Thornton in that so that was kind of cool kicking back and being with with my daughter and uh and Monique uh but mainly it's just been a lot of work you know I don't want to look I know I'm not digging a ditch it's not it's a fun job but because we don't have highlights and, you know, interviews with players to, to cover up sportscast, we got to do features. So, like, on Saturday morning, I shot three different stories, and we're going to shoot one right now. So we're trying to fill it with someone you ought to know and trying to make it, you know, interesting, compelling sports stories. At the rate we're going, we're going to get to know a whole lot of people before this is over with. <laughs> You're right. Hey, now so A lot of content. You working out of the house. Uh, has your wife put you on any projects or do you have any projects around the house that you, you're finally going to get to? No, because she knows that I have the least amount of skill of any man on the face of the earth in terms of, you know, fixing things, working things. You know, I do, you know, the trash and, you know, the dishwasher and do some cooking, but in terms of maintenance, Mike, I'm lost. Hey, but that's okay. I'm you a- know what swim lane to stay in, so that's fine. 
There's nothing wrong with that. You know how to pick up the phone, call somebody else to do it. Yeah, like our friend Tom Holly once told me, he goes, you think I want to be good at that stuff? (laughs) Exactly. Now, here's my concern for you. Now that we've gone into this quarantine and we're going to be shut down for a little bit, we want to support the local restaurants for sure with the drive-up service. But what's the one food other than what you would eat at chemo's that you're already starting to miss because it's not as accessible as it would normally be? You know, in fact, I went and got it um, a few days ago, but they're actually, I think, keeping up in terms of takeout is salt and smokes, uh, you know, brisket sandwich. Their brisket alone is like one of the last 10 things I think I would eat. It's just insane. Get the sweet potato fries with it. Oh, my goodness. Wow, it's so good. I did that with uh, Pappy's. I had to get the smoked turkey, man, and I didn't have a problem pulling up. And I got enough to hold me through the weekend, so I'm good. So I may have to reload here in the very near future. But I, I'm on I'm on board with you on that. So what it's else? It's good too because we want to continue to keep these restaurants in business, and also you know those employees that rely on tips. You know, I think in the old days when you first started picking up carryout, you did not tip. Right. But now everybody tips, and you have to you know, during these times, especially because they've lost so much of their income. No, I agree. And uh, we certainly encourage everybody to find your local or maybe try something different. I mean, there's a number of restaurants that are still open. I would just suggest you go to their website and look at the menu and maybe you'll find something that that will tickle your fancy. So uh, we're all about eating with this thing. So, you know, it's all good on that front. All right. So let me ask you this. When it comes to sports, uh, if you had a chance to look back and just see some things that are going to, when you look at how things are unfolding now, we know that we're going to get back to it at some point. Do you think we're going to uh, see some major changes in how business is done? Well, I think the biggest major change is going to be what the NBA um, is going to have to be forced to do probably here to have a season eventually, but they may go to it, you know, full time. Because uh, starting the NBA season, either after Thanksgiving or on Christmas Day, makes a whole lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And the biggest is don't mess with the NFL and you hit the ground burning rubber, you know, in in December or in November. I think it's a, it's a great idea. And that's what that's what they may have to be doing here eventually. Well, do you also think maybe contraction may be in order where maybe they reduce the schedule? Oh, I think I'd, I'd be in favor of that. But I'm not sure, and you would know this better than me, if the Players Association would agree to it and the owners would agree with the loss of revenue. Yeah, well, you know, on the other side of that coin, you've got the NFL trying to expand. And give me your thoughts on that. I mean, going to 17 games, uh, I, I think the Players Association the NFL is the most inept group of uh, athletes who call themselves a union that we have in pro sports. Instead of trying to get some more guarantees and some more cost certainty along the line, they're haggling over how many more games they're going to play and and one less preseason game. And when you make the when you look at how the money's going to be divvied up, they're going to go from maybe forty seven and a half percent to perhaps forty eight and a half percent when it comes to revenue sharing. And when you look at the NHL and you look at the NBA and you look at well, Major League Baseball, they don't have a salary cap. But the bottom line is they're all sharing much more money in the pot than what the NFL is getting. So I, I, I just think they got the whole thing screwed up. But back to the other point, yeah. maybe there's some sort of proration that they can come up with where nobody loses a lot. And there are other revenue streams that can kind of help make up for that if they're willing to do it. 
you know, my first thought on that 17 games thing, it's insane. Why have another week of full impact collisions? Why, you know, risk more brain injuries? But if you were to like cut the preseason game, preseason games to maybe like two and play one less game total, maybe it's not the worst idea. The, the, the only, the, the worst thing in sports today, and, and you will definitely agree with me on this, are NFL preseason games no doubt. where you make fans pay pay a full price for a really inferior product that nobody cares about. But here's the problem that, that they also have. And, and the players, the good players and the good coaches are already smart enough. They won't let their good players participate in preseason. So the ones that are getting hurt are non-factors when it comes to those preseason games because we always hear we want to save them for the regular season. So the ones that, are, that really come into play here – really won't be affected by the fact that they won't have uh, as many games to prepare for. BC guys, now they're basically in street clothes in the first or second game of the exhibition season because there's no intention of having them out there on the field. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, I want to move on with, with regard to other changes. What else, what would you like to see compared to what do you expect? Because I think that there are going to be some access issues media won't have like they used to. I think that the way they're going to do things from a security standpoint will change as well. I'm not sure if it's going to be the best situation for the media, although these leagues are going to need everybody on board to make sure they promote their game because they're going to need a lot of help getting people back, or will they? Because people are going to be starved for some sort of entertainment. Um, You know, Mike, I, I think that like with businesses, when this thing ends, and like with sports, I think people are going to be leery. I mean, just because the NBA and the NHL, you know, basically baseball opens up their seasons. I think there's going to be a lot less people going to games because of the fear. And it's going to be affected for a long, long time. I mean, we're going to go in. I hate to say this because I'm optimistic by nature, but we're going to go into a recession that's going to last years and years in sports is going to take a hit from it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the reason why we won't have people there is because there won't be people who normally have jobs that may not have one until we get completely back on our feet economically. So there are going to be a lot of people who will probably be relegated to watching games or listening to games more than being in the in the stands. Yeah, you're right. TV may be okay. Your radio broadcast on KMOX are going to be off the charts, you know, high ratings and everything. But man, this this fear, and you hear more and more scary stories going on. It's going to scare the bejesus out of people for years. Mike, I have a friend. Uh, actually, he used to compete against Alex in golf. Mike Winehouse, Ryan Winehouse was his name. Mike is a father. Well, Ryan got it. His wife got it. Mike got it. His wife got it, and their other son got it. We're talking five members mm. of one family in St. Louis, and they're dealing with the ventilator and breathing issues. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to scare anybody, but, boy, this thing is going to scare us, I think, for years. Yeah, and I think that while we have this, this time down where we want to kind of try and slow it down, I think most experts have already said the worst is yet to come. I mean, we're just trying to slow it down until we can get our arms around it and try and uh, make sure that not everyone becomes infected. But it doesn't seem like anything is going to change in the near future. And I think you're right. It's going to take something major for people to want to go out and see other people. So this is where I think it's important where 
leaders and people who people look to once we see them out and about i think that might be more of a green light to say okay let's try because if he's doing it then i'm sure they screen him or her uh that may be a way that you get people out but i think if just joe blow wants to go out and see somebody play uh there's still a risk to be run because we've never gone through something like this all right frank that's enough for today we uh, appreciate you as well we'll be doing another podcast down the road here very soon for frank i'm mike and we thank you for listening